Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He dies. Touchdown, 49ers. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Playoffs. That's what I'm talking about, Zane. Playoffs. El Sacco, Zane Nockby, 49ers Web Zone, No Huddle Podcast. And I went from crying in a corner two weeks ago to thinking playoffs. Just like that. One win over the Rams. Comeback win. Fourth quarter. Defense came out angry. Nick Mullins. Well, I mean, the last two drives were pretty good, I guess. Niners come out with a win they shouldn't have had, and now Zane, I'm thinking playoffs. So you're so you're saying there's a chance? There's a big chance, and we're gonna break <laughs> it down. This is I, I love. First of all, I love winning. I love our victory podcast. Uh, obviously, the losing podcast we have more to talk about because there's more to complain about. But when they win, and when they give us hope like this, it's like don't toy with my emotions now. Now you don't gotta, you don't have to make the playoffs now. You can't just like get this close one game out of the wild card out, out, of, out of recording this show and not make it. They're right there. They're on the cusp. You, you win a couple of these games, and there are a couple of very winnable games down the stretch. You win a couple of these games, and all of a sudden, I mean, you're sitting at 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, that gets you in. You just need to get in the tournament, get some guys healthy, get Kittle get back, get Jimmy back, get some more bodies back, and this team is going to be a scary team, man. If they play in the playoffs, nobody's going to want to play this team. The way that Kyle has them playing, in terms of defense and running the ball. I mean, Salah's got the defense going, but running the ball and that way that he played that last drive, called that last drive, fantastic. We'll get into the game, but man, I'm, I'm excited to talk playoffs. Like, we're actually, like, talking playoffs now. It's, it's crazy. And, and it does sound crazy at five and six, but I saw a team that, come, that came out, the defense looked pissed, and maybe it's because they're homeless. Maybe, you know, maybe they're yeah. just fired up, and I hope they can carry that, because that can go one of two ways. And, and if you're not familiar with it, I'm sure everyone is. The Niners can't play in Santa Clara because of COVID, so they're going to be playing in Arizona and practicing in Arizona. So everything is going there for the rest of the year for them. So that can go one of two ways. That can throw a team off, or it can unite them. It can rally them, and it certainly looked like it rallied them this last week. Now, again, we'll get into the game. The offense did not play well for most of the game, other than you know really Debo Samuel. The defense carried them, though, and now all of a sudden at 5-6, and six, we went from talking about Zach Wilson and, and – where you're going to pick in the draft to talking about, can this team make the playoffs? And I think that they can. So if you look at where they are, Zane, all right, the NFC East is going to get a team in there, but there's no, there's going to be no wild cards out of that division. Green Bay is getting in at eight and three. They're going to win that division. That looks like a lock. New Orleans at nine and two looks like a lock as well. And then the NFC West is still up for grabs. Seattle's eight and three. The Rams are seven and four. Probably will be one of those teams. You got to think. So, all right, let's look at it this way. Somebody wins from the East. Who cares? They're in. Mm-hmm. Green Bay is in. Minnesota's five and six. Chicago's five and six. So, so we got to think they're both in the running too with the Niners, right? Right. And Minnesota's the team to watch. So let's, let me see if I can pull up their schedule, what they have left. And let's do wins and losses and see where we, we end up with people here. All right. So Minnesota at five and six, they got five games left. And their schedule is... They're playing the Jaguars. That's got to be a win, right? That's yeah. That has to be a win. They don't have a quarterback or a team. <laughs> All right, at Tampa. Uh, that's a loss. Okay. 
Yeah, it's a loss. Versus Chicago. And this is probably the elimination game for one of these teams. Um, it depends on Chicago's quarterback situation, but I'm going to say Nagy's, I think Nagy's on the hot seat at this point. And I'm going to say Chicago wins because he is on the hot seat. Really? All right. We'll go, we'll go with the Zane predictions here. I'll say that. At the Saints. Oh, so, uh, actually, uh, is Breeze back by then or no? He's out for he at be. least, he, he, he should be, right? Okay. Well, so they said three weeks, right? So let's assume he's back for that. Um, if he's back, Saints win. Okay. And then Lions to finish out the season. Uh, Lions win. Lions really? Win yeah, Lions win that. Wow. Stafford. All right. So- who we'll get to in a second, but yeah, Stafford. <laughs> Future 49er starting quarterback, Matt Stafford. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you have all right, so you have them. So you have Minnesota at seven and nine. So they're not getting in. No. Then, okay, that's so they're the team the that I'm a little bit worried about. Yeah, here's the thing, Al. They should have lost to Carolina. Carolina would have beat yes. them if not for a missed field goal. And Carolina's not a good team. So I mean, Kirk Cousins and all this stuff, like yeah, he led his team to a, a game winning field goal or whatever, but Carolina had that game basically won and they missed a field goal at, the, at as time expired. Otherwise, we're not even talking about Minnesota right now. So I think that they're not as good as people. I mean, they're not very good regardless, but I don't think that they're really going to make much noise. And you'll just see a lot of these teams kind of beating up on each other. And if the Niners can win more than three games, if they win three, they have a chance. If they win more than three, there's a big chance. Yeah, Minnesota is one of those teams where, yeah, they just lose games they shouldn't. They've been kind of on and off all year. So I just, for me, for me to say that they're going to get really hot at the end of the year, I just haven't seen it yet. So, all right, I'll go with that. I Seven and nine, but we'll, we'll say that. All right, the Bears are also five and six, and they play Detroit, win or loss. Uh, I'm going to say Detroit's going to beat them. Too. Detroit's doing a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of favors for us. Future home of uh, wow, Sala, of Matt Stafford. Yeah. Okay, future 49ers quarterback Matt Stafford is winning, future, game, is winning game. Future Lions coach Robert Sala, right? <laughs> Robert Sala. Um, Houston. Oh, that's, that's a loss. I think so, too. Houston's playing better. Minnesota, we already gave them a win. Um, Jacksonville. That's a win. One Jacksonville's horrible, and then Green Bay to end the season. Green Bay will probably have nothing to play for. But I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Green Bay does have something to play for because they're going. Oh, oh right you're now, right, home field, right? Yeah, clinging on, yeah, clinging on to that first round bye over Seattle right now. And the Bears are physically incapable of beating the Packers. So yeah, all right. So bad. you have both the North teams at seven and nine, and probably out of the playoffs. Yes. Okay. All right. So we'll go with that. All right, then we're not worried about Atlanta at four and seven. We're not worried about Carolina at four and eight. Tampa Bay at seven and five. They got to get to 10 and six, right? Yeah. And they are not playing well right now. Mm-mm. So Tampa Bay to end their season has, I get to the schedule here. Um, they're on a bye this week, mm-hmm. seven and five. So they only have four games left. They play Minnesota and we said they're going to beat Minnesota. Yep. All right. Um, they play, they're at Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta, uh, they're going to beat Atlanta. Yeah. All right. Uh, at Detroit. Uh, they're going to beat Detroit. All right. And then they're playing Atlanta again. And they'll, they'll, I think we'll beat Atlanta again. All right. So you think they're going to win out? I think they're going to make playoffs too. Whether it's 10 and 6 or 11 to 5, I think they're going to make playoffs. All right. So we definitely have Tampa Bay as the first wild card team. Mm -hmm. So with the North teams out, then what it comes down to, you got to assume the Rams and the Cardinals are making the playoffs, right? Or, or do you want to go through the Rams at seven and four? Um, we can go through the Rams at seven and four, only for the interest of the Niners who have the tiebreaker okay. over them. So we should probably. And I should have said I should have said the Rams and the Seahawks. Sorry, not the Cardinals. Yeah, we'll assume the Seahawks are in. 
Mm-hmm. All right, so the Rams next game it's seven and four. The Rams play Arizona this week. Ooh, that could be good both ways. Actually, it doesn't matter who wins. I say that. Uh, is it in? Is it in LA or is it in Arizona? It's in, in Arizona. Let's say Arizona wins. The home of the San Francisco 49ers. The home of the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Arizona wins. Actually, no. All you right. know what? I'm gonna be a homer. I'm gonna say the. I'm gonna say the Rams win. McVay's pissed off. Let's say the Rams win. Yeah, I think the Rams are gonna win that game too. Versus yeah. New England at home. Oh, they, they win that game. Yeah, I think so too. Uh the Jets. Right, nah, that's easy. Win that game. Yeah, at Seattle. <sighs> so, this could be for the division, depending on what Seattle does, right? That could be. Yeah. Right. I mean, they they already have the the one win against them. So. Uh, God, and there's no crowd in Seattle. So it's just a one-on-one man. That's such a tough call. I'm going to say Seattle wins because they're just finding ways to win. All right. And then they play Arizona again. Do you want to give them the split or? We'll give them a split. Yeah. All right. So that puts the Rams at 10 and six. That puts them in. Yeah. So we have two wild cards. So it's coming down to what I think it's going to come down to. If not Minnesota, it's going to come down to the Niners and the Cardinals. Yeah. So let's see what we got. So Arizona. See what their schedule is. We know that they are playing. The Rams next. And we gave them, we said the Rams were going to win that game. So the cards get a loss there. And the cards are not playing well either right now. Mm -hmm. Then Arizona plays the Giants. That's a, that's a win. I mean, Danny Dimes is out, but that's a win. Yeah, that's probably a win. (laughs) Philadelphia. Oh God. I hope that Philly shows up for that. (laughs) I hope that. Right. You're waiting for them to actually play a good game. Yeah. I hope that. Oh man. And they're uh, at Philly. They're at, so it could be cold. No, I'm sorry. They're home. They're home. They're home. Yeah. God, should we say that Philly wins? Maybe because the only way this is going to work, if <laughs> they have to have two losses out of somewhere, right? So, well, I'm going to tell you where their next one's coming. But yeah, okay, so I'm fi- say Philly wins. Philly All right. Wins. Sorry, oh, sorry. So you're going to loss there. Okay. And then no, they're Arizona playing the Niners. Yeah. I think wins. the Niners. You had Arizona win that game. Okay, so that's two wins for them. Then they play the Niners in Week 16. Niners got to win that. They have to win that. Three, I think the Niners are going to win that game. So that's a loss to them. Then they play the Rams the last game of the year. And we said that they would split, right? So, yeah. So we got to so, give them three wins. So we give them nine and seven. So let's look what we think with the Niners now. And the Niners, Niners, go, the Niners have to beat Arizona. So the Niners play the two. Bills. The Niners at five and six are playing the Bills this week. Win or loss. They're missing. Uh, somebody went on IR today. Not John Brown. John Brown. And I'll get into yep. why that's big for the Bills later. Um, I'm going to say the Niners win because of that. Because and you have a reason for that, and I and I buy into yep. that. I'm going to say the Niners will win. All right, then Washington is playing a lot better. Uh, they'll, they'll be Washington. It's fine. It's Alex Smith. I mean, yeah, they'll beat them. Dallas. They'll beat Dallas. Dallas is nothing. And this is where I am. So now you got the Niners at eight and six. Right, and Ugh. your season hangs in the balance against <laughs> the Cardinals and against the Seahawks. Oh man, why, why always Seattle? Um, I always thought before the season that they would get a split, and we don't know who's playing quarterback by this point, right? Like we don't know if Jimmy's back. Jimmy, or... well, you would think if they're eight and six, Jimmy's coming back at that point, unless Mullins is playing out of his mind, which I don't think that's going to happen. Um. Jimmy's probably back at that point, I would think. The, Kittle maybe the, too. 
if Kittle's back and Jimmy's back, then I think they beat the Cardinals. However, Kyler Murray gives them fits. Absolutely. He does. Since last year. And that was with the entire defense that they had that he would give them fits. So if they can control Kyler Murray and if they can make him play like he's been, he hasn't been playing that great in the last couple of games, last couple of weeks. If they can make him play like that, if they can keep him in the pocket and make him a passer and stop him from running around, then I think they're going to be okay. I think they'll win that game. And if you have Jimmy and Kittle, we're assuming that they come back. I think they win that game. All right. So that's another win. And then last game of the season against Seattle. <sighs> Man, I would love to win that game just to, you know, just to stick it to them. Cause I don't think they're going to have anything to play for at that point. I think maybe the, the Rams, we said they go 10 to six, right? So maybe Seattle rest. They're not going to rest. It's yeah. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll doesn't do that. Um, Seattle house. I mean, Seattle killed them last time they played. Yeah, they did. They did kill them last time. I'm saying Seattle wins again. I'm saying they guess what? All right. Seattle. So I have no idea what the tiebreaker is. If the Niners and Cardinals both finish nine and seven. Oh, it's, it's going to be division. And you know what? I think the Niners lose that tiebreaker because they've lost the majority of the games in the, in the NFC, they would be three and three in the the division, the conference or the division. The, uh, well, let's do division first because that's the first tiebreaker, and the conference is the second tiebreaker. All right, so the Niners would be three and three in the division, assuming they lose to Seattle at the end because they lost. No, wait, they beat the Rams twice. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. three and three. We assume a split with the Cardinals and losing to Seattle twice. Mm-hmm. And then what are the Cardinals in the division? The Cardinals. They split with the, we assume they split with the Rams and they split with the Seahawks and they split with us, right? So they're also three and three. They would be three and three too. So it's got to go to the conference. And right now, Arizona's four and three. The Niners are three and five. Oh, no. Okay. So they may get the tiebreaker. So the Niners, oh. Yeah. So the Niners have to basically, they, Arizona either has to lose to, uh, another divisional opponent, like they can't mm-hmm. split, or like they they they, they got to lose to the Rams twice. Basically, that's what it is. Yes, that's yes. how that's how this is going to work. Arizona we has to, to lose the Rams, Rams beat them twice. Yeah. So okay, so we figured it out. All right, so that wasn't too hard, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of confused, but I, I, I guess it wasn't that hard. <laughs> so really hard to figure it out. <laughs> I mean, if 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 the Niners get to nine and seven based on everything that's happened this season, it, it, whether they make the playoffs or not, it is. Victory, I guess. It, it, I mean, it's not. You, we came into the season hoping to get back to the Super Bowl, so you can't say, "Excuse me, nine and seven, not making the playoffs." But considering everything they've got, they've been through this year, that'd be a hell of a season. Yeah, I think that's okay. That's, so that's a minor miracle. So yeah, they pretty much have to. I mean, you would hope they can run the table here, but here's the thing too. When I'm kind of thinking about this game, this Bills game, like everybody's got a good taste in their mouth right now. But if you really break down this game that just happened, the defense defense was outstanding. Jimmy Ward was outstanding, outstanding in this game. Richard Sherman made plays coming back. And, you know, let's not, that's huge having him back. They had Richard Sherman back. That's a huge, that was a huge help, obviously. You have Sherman and Verrett. Um, Eric Armstead played really well. Givens played really well. Kerry Hyder's still playing well. The defense, if they can come out and play the way that they did this past week, the Niners will be in every game. On the flip side, we have this good taste in our mouth, but the offense played like shit, dude. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, let's be honest. The offensive line didn't play well. Mullins was awful. In the, I mean, the first half, he was non-functional. Dude was non-functional. Mm-hmm. And then he, he did play. He did. There were two drives, and he, and he played well. But again, a, lo- a lot of these passes are 
flip it to Debo, right? <laughs> and it's great. If that keeps working, great. And you are you are going to get Ayuk back this week. So we'll see how the two of them do together. But the running game, and it was against the Rams, this running game is still not where it's supposed to be. It was 3.5 yards per carry. And the Rams do really have a good running game. But the Niners couldn't get a ton going on the ground. And that's four games in a row now where they haven't been able to do that. So that's worrisome. And again, we're talking, you could talk about how people don't respect the Niners quarterbacks all you want to, but if the offensive line is doing what they're going to do in the running game or what they should do in the running game, the Niners are going to do better than 2.4 yards per carry, 3.2 yards per carry, two yards per carry, 3.5 yards per carry, which is what they've done in the past four weeks. So if they're going to go on this run, Zane, the running game of the offense has to be more consistent. And not only that, I think that it was Moser's first game back as well after a, a pretty lengthy layoff. We have to remember that he had the fumble that was returned for a touchdown. But this is this is supposed to be the bread and butter of this 49ers team, right? It's Kyle Shanahan's baby, and we know that this offensive identity is the identity that he wants. And when they can't run the ball successfully, it doesn't open up anything via play action, doesn't open up anything down the field. We know that he likes to work within the hashes with all of his quarterbacks. It doesn't open any of that because you can't freeze linebackers. And you can't keep you can't keep them honest. So they start to cheat. And what happens is that you have quarterbacks that can't find anybody open or guys that are covered or quarterbacks that basically are scared to pull the trigger because there's guys in the passing lane. So I think that for them to be successful, number one, getting everybody healthy is number one, right? We know that. They got Wilson and Mostert back and there was a little bit of rust, obviously, for both of them. They both fumbled, both lost those fumbles. And I think that that rust was showing. But going forward, they don't, they're, they're not guys that really put the ball on the ground too much. I mean, w- Wilson did, uh, no, that was hasty. Sorry, Wilson, if I'm only, that was, that was hasty. He's done. But I think that you have a problem at right tackle and people could agree or disagree with that. But Mike McGlinchey constantly is on his back, constantly is getting beat, constantly is just in the wrong position. And he was doing that in the passing game all year. We saw him doing that. But now he's doing that in the running game, which is supposed to be his strength. And when you have a guy, a number, like a top 10 overall pick who, in his third year is looking like he's replacement level. That's not a good thing. That's, that's not a good thing at all. Like he, at this point, Mike McGlinchey should be a solid stalwart right tackle for you. And we're still wondering if this guy can play. And I'm not picking on him because the center and right guard positions have been really bad too. Right. And mm-hmm. they really oh, yeah. didn't, they haven't done much to McKibbitz wasn't good. I mean, it was his first game, right? His first start. What do you expect? Yeah, out of the rookie? Right. You can't get on. He's a, yeah, you can't get on him too much. He, he hasn't played enough. He's a late round rookie. It's like those guys aren't supposed to succeed, right? Those are depth pieces. Now you you throw him out there as a starter, and I'm not surprised that he struggled. And you're rotating center position with Grassu sometimes and Garland, and who knows when Weston Richburg is going to get back, if he's ever going to get back. So they've got some issues along their offensive line, and and that's not something you can fix with scheme. Unfortunately, you you can't make them better on the offensive line with your scheme because the scheme starts there. So that's why you're seeing a lot of these things blown up. And when you have a quarterback like Mullins or Jimmy to an extent when he was hurt, that's really non-functional to a certain point. It doesn't help them that they don't have any time. And I'm not talking about, oh, they only, they're only pressured 40% of the time. Well, that's a lot. Like you should be percent, you should be pressured less than 20% of the time for the, the good offensive lines. Their quarterbacks are clean. They don't get pressured. They're able to get, get their guys occupied. So at least they can get off like a short throw one throw where they like if they're 
first read is covered, they can get at least get to the next read. And constantly, we're seeing Nick Mullins, like Aaron Donald, for all the, the crap that we gave him for Debo Samuel, thing, like Aaron Donald, who, I mean, he, he was wrecking shop. He really was. And there was no way, and, and there was no way that they were blocking him. It was one-on-one -on -one most of the game, which was, to me, baffling. I don't know why they put another, why they didn't double-team him. But it was one-on-one -on -one for most of the game. He caused that fumble. He caused an interception. He had a sack. It's like, at some point, you have to give these guys help because they're not performing. And when that happens, you're taking a tight end running back out of a pass pattern to, to stay in a block. And it's, it's even harder on the quarterback. So these are kind of some of the reasons why their offense is struggling because they're having to account for some of these things. And of course, Mullins was terrible. We know this. Like we mm -hmm. talked about this on Twitter ad nauseum, right? That's the, the favorite topic of discussion on 49ers Twitter right now is, is the quarterback situation, and which we'll get to in a second. But for the 49ers to win, they need two things. They need to have a functioning offensive line and they need to have a functioning quarterback. And if they get those two things, they'll be in pretty good shape because you have to get a quarterback that's going to, that's going to make you pay for your mistakes and be able to fit the ball in tight windows, which is what Jimmy can do on and off. It's not consistent with it, but something that Mullins certainly cannot do. And they don't have a deep threat. They don't have that guy on the roster. They just don't have a deep threat wide receiver. The guys that they have work over the middle, work between the hashes. Uh, Debo's kind of, I mean, I don't want to call him a gadget guy, but right now, like somewhat at, at times he's a gadget guy. Um, so they really have a lot of work to do to, to be able to get this offense serviceable. And I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen this season because you need, you need more talent there at several positions and you need to fix your offensive line as well. But what can Kyle do to kind of band-aid this thing and get some wins? And that's what I'm most interested to see because the way that he called the end of that game was fantastic. And I, and I do want to talk about that, but I want to hear what, you, what your thoughts are first. Well, first thing I want to say is when, when you do look in, and look, I don't think Mullins has played well by any stretch of the imagination, but Mullins is the most pressured quarterback in the NFL mm -hmm. at 30.5%. He's been hit 36 times in seven games, the seventh most in the NFL. And everybody ahead of him has played 11 or 12 games. So wow. he started five games. Actually, Mullins started five games and he's been hit 36 times. So he's getting, he's getting killed back there. He is getting killed. And again, he has not played. I don't think he's played well at all, but he is getting hit a lot. So, so that's the first thing I have to say with that. In terms of the game, some, something I want to bring up, and I tweeted this out and some people got it. Some people didn't. Look, I'm usually, when I ask an honest question on Twitter, I'm usually honest, honestly asking the question. I'm not, I'm not being a wise ass. And one of the things that I, I tweeted out there was in the first half, does this Niners offense look well coached to you? And the reason I tweeted that out was not, I'm not knocking Shanahan because Shanahan's not the old line coach, right? But I'm not saying that. But when I, when I look at the offensive line and I look at Mike McGlinchey taking steps back, and I know Brunskill's kind of been all over the place, but he hasn't played well and the right guard position's in flux. And I look at the quarterbacks who have deteriorated this year. That's a fair, is that a fair question or am I crazy? I think that's a fair question. And here's, here's the thing. Everything's so black and white for everybody on, on Twitter and on social media that when you pose that question, there's all these people all up in your mentions. I call and funny because I, I lovingly call them Shanna fans because they don't think that Kyle Shanahan can do any wrong. Um, and they jump into your mentions and like, oh God. And th the reality is I like Kyle Shanahan. I, I think he's a, he's a really good head coach and I want him to win here and I don't want him fired. I do not want that. And I said that a few weeks ago and I, I keep saying that. I don't want him gone. I want him to win because if he's gone, that means you're rebuilding again. But I think he can do the job and I think he's a really good head, head coach. But you have to look at it and be like, okay, well, what's, what's the common factor here? I mean, you can talk about Rich Gangarello going and, and him leaving, 
and the new quarterback coach and, and them not maybe not jiving well with him. But in reality, that's, it's a fair question to ask. Why are they all regressing? Why is it we're in year five now, basically going into year five, finishing up year four, and we're right back where we started trying to find a quarterback. And he's been through four quarterbacks at this point, including Brian Hoyer, which was we know was a placeholder, but regardless, it is mm-hmm. what it is. And we're kind of like wondering, okay, what is what do we have in this quarterback room? We, we don't really know. And this is the only issue that I've that I've kind of had, the biggest issue that I've had with with Kyle is that when you're handcuffing your guys, and we know that they're handcuffed because they're limited, right? Is it chicken or egg? Are they handcuffed because they're limited or are they limited because they're handcuffed? We don't like, we don't know probably handcuffed because they're limited, but when you limit them like that, you also stagnate their growth because you're, you're not letting them make their mistakes and learn from them. And for all the great stuff that Kyle has done here and all the winning that he's done here in the last, the last year and a half or so, this is part of the reason why they haven't developed is that you're not giving them the repetitions to learn from and you're taking the ball away from them when they do something bad. Like with Jimmy, when he throws an interception, what happens the next drive, they just run, 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 right? That's what happened mm-hmm. in the playoffs. That's what happened earlier this year. So they're not going to learn from that. They're only going to learn and get better if you have them face adversity and overcome it. And I understand Kyle wants to win, and it's not a bad thing to do, but you can only hide, you can only hide your quarterback for so long if they don't develop. And that's what we're seeing is that he can't hide them anymore because now there's film on them, and they haven't grown, and defensive, defenses have gotten smart to what Kyle's offense d- does because they're limited. So again, like I'm not blaming Kyle or the quarterbacks on this. I'm just saying that's a reasonable question to ask because who's limiting who here? We don't really know. I mean, you can say that more so the quarterbacks are limiting Kyle, and I can I'll, I'll agree with that. But we don't really know. It's a fair question to ask. And I, I do want to get into the quarterbacks a little bit because what well, you uh, yes or no? Do you want Jimmy back next year? Because I know I know you've defended Jimmy a lot. Do, do you think they're crazy if they move on from him? Do you think they should explore their options? What, what do you think about that? So here's the thing. I, I always want the team to improve and I always want them to get better. And if there's better than Jimmy out there, if you've got, the, these are the only two scenarios that I would move on from Jimmy. And I tweeted this out earlier today. I would only move on from Jimmy if it meant that you were going to get a veteran presence in here that can immediately pick up the offense day one, because this team is ripe. It's right now it's ready to contend. It's ready to contend for a championship. Hell, they're contending for a playoff spot right now. They've had 30 players on IR at the peak of the season, 33 players mm-hmm. on IR. That's unheard of that's absurd that's the job that this coaching staff has done with an injured team so if you can get them healthy and get an upgrade at quarterback then i'd say do it and the only two scenarios you can i can find for guys that are available that don't have huge cap numbers or aren't reclamation projects are number one uh we talked about matt stafford and number two dak prescott and even he's coming off of an injury and we don't know if dallas is going to resign him or not because they will probably be top 10 maybe top five and they may have a shot at one of those top quarterbacks so those are the only two scenarios that I would see them that I that would want them to move on in. Otherwise, you bring Jimmy back. I don't know if he's going to restructure or not. He's on a big salary, but he needs a restructure. Bring him back as a bridge to the next guy, or if he performs well, he's the guy, right? But, but to be honest, Al, we've had one full season of Jimmy Garoppolo up to this point, right? So I mean, yes, he's injury prone. We know that, but like we've only had one full season to to evaluate all. Well, I think that's the problem is that he's been on the team for now three full years and you're only going to get one full season. I, I think as much as I have issues with that, he's limited. And I think he's a good quarterback. He's a starting quarterback in the NFL. I just think he's limited, um, especially with the downfield stuff. But more than anything, it's the durability issue for me. Um, but you tweeted out a list today and it was kind of in jest, but I was thinking about it and I was like, well, this is a pretty good list. Um, 
of the, of the quarterbacks that we that we ran through or that Twitter's run through. And I was reading it and it's a joke. You know, it's Zane Prowley's quarterbacks out and he's like, you know, who's next? Scooby-Doo, Barney, whoever. But I'm reading the list and I'm like, this is a good conversation topic. I'm like, I don't want to go through this. <laughs> and you listed the quarterbacks. I mean, Aaron Rodgers isn't going anywhere. Just get that out of it. It's not happening. No. Matt Ryan is someone who's interesting, but he, I looked at his cap numbers and I, I know there's all this stuff with like guaranteed money. I don't understand. His cap numbers are crazy. But anyway, it was like $40 million the next two years. The Niners are not taking that on. Not for a 36-year-old quarterback. I would be shocked. I, I would be. Yeah. I know he was an MVP with Shanahan five years ago, but he's getting older. I think you throw that out the window personally. Prescott, well, that's one that I think about. If if he's out there and he's healthy, and it's not going to be some astronomical number, and it may not be coming off of an injury, he's still going to get paid. Don't get me wrong. But all right, he's somebody I'm thinking about. Zach Wilson, they're not going to get, no. Mm-mm, no, not going to happen. They, they won't be in the position to. Mm. Mac Jones, he's got Kyle Shanahan written all over him to me, but I don't think he comes in. And starts right away, so that could be a situation where you could see if they, if they do bring Garoppolo back, they might take him anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe Cousins. I know Kyle loves him, but I don't no see way. that happening. No way. Alex Smith. Alex Smith. I could see. Okay, people say is the bridge guy, but what the hell? Alex and Jimmy are the same thing, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. in terms of what? I mean, no. Wentz isn't going anywhere because of his cap number anyway. He's had a rough year, but I think he's better than this. And so the second guy, other than Dak, that perks my interest is Matthew Stafford. And this was a conversation that's, that's kind of been all over Twitter today. Um, the 49ers Twitter that we love so much about Stafford. And it looks like Robert Sala is uh, Mike Silver tweeted a picture, um, Robert Sala of him. And he said, happy Thanksgiving after the, uh, the Lions <laughs> fired Matt Patricia, which, you know, listen, Mike Silver's as tied in as anybody. And Ben Albright also who's also very tied in, tweeted out um, that Sal is one of the hottest names. And maybe he does go to Detroit. So maybe maybe he goes to Detroit and trades Stafford to the Niners is, is, is what I, is maybe, maybe that's going to happen. It's probably not. But, but it's, it's, it's something to think about. Stafford's cap number, it was $35 million next year and then $27 million the year after. But people tweeted at me that that's not correct because there's guaranteed money that, or there's a, a bonus that comes out of that and all this other stuff. So it's a lot less. I love Matthew Stafford. I know people will say like, oh, well, the Lions, he doesn't win. I think if you put him in a situation with a good running game and a coach like Shanahan, the sky's the limit. And people have also tweeted at me, well, he gets hurt all the time. No, he doesn't. He didn't miss a game for eight years or seven years or something like that. And then he got hurt last year and missed half the season, but he's played all this season too. He's extremely durable. He's got a cannon. If he's a guy that's available to me, Zane, if you can bring in a Dak or you can bring in a Stafford and you can make that work money-wise, I move on from Jimmy in Stafford. You have to make a trade too, as long as they're not asking for five ones or whatever the hell they would want. And I don't think they would do that if they're rebuilding. I, th- I think it would be a reasonable trade, but those two guys, Zane, I make the move. Do you? Yeah. I mean, I'll make the move for those two guys. And the thing is, is that look, as much as I defend Jimmy, I, I know he's limited. I know, I know that he has certain limitations like any quarterback does. Right. But the whole point for me is to win and improve. And that's what I care about. And that's what I, I kind of wanted to talk to Twitter about, like after the game, because we were still having this Mullins and Jimmy debate. I mean, and there are certain people that like to be in Nick Mullins' corner and, and um, you know, Grant loves to do that. I mean, although he's a really nice guy, we've talked him off the air. He's, he's a nice dude. He's a good dude to us. Um, and he's a nice guy. But him and that jackhammer guy, who's like the, the, the Diet Coke of Grant Cohen, pretty much. I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> I don't know who he I know, is. Yeah, yeah, he's he's working. I think he does that side thing with Grant now. Yeah, he's he's uh 
He's a mini Grant right now. Yeah, you know, like you know, like in Men in Black, where like there's like you know Johnny Knoxville, and then like there's the dude like Men in Black who like there's a guy in his backpack that was also Johnny Knoxville, like on his yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what it is, right? So, anyways, <laughs> we were having this discussion, and I was like, "Look, guys, I I care about winning. That's all I care about." And I want whoever's going to bring us number six. Like I'm tired of going to the Super Bowl and losing. All it's only been twice, but no other team has lost the Super Bowl two times in the past ten years besides the Patriots, right? It's the Niners and the Patriots. That's it. So right. you don't want to. That's not a group you want to be a part of. And the reason why the Patriots have lost it twice is because they go every damn year. So obviously, some of those are not going to turn out in your favor. So I mean, the Niners really have to really have to look at this very carefully and and. Look at the guy that's going to give them the best chance to win long term, because you have a right now a young team and a bunch of guys that are going into their second contracts. So the cap numbers, like you said, they have to make sense. But you have guys that are in their prime, like Fred Warner and Nick Bosa when he gets back, and Mostert and Kittle, and you have kind of waning stars like Richard Sherman, who's who's got a couple of years left. So you have an interesting mix of guys that are all kind of still at their peak, and you have to take advantage of that. And I don't want to say the championship window is shut because we don't know. We don't know if it's shut or not because the injuries ravage the season. Mm-hmm. So when you have a full healthy team and you drop a, I don't want to say elite, but a, but a very, very good Pro Bowl level quarterback into that, that's what I want to see. And what do you get that from? Jimmy, Dak, or Matt Stafford? It doesn't matter to me. It, it honestly doesn't matter. The gut feeling for me is if you can get, if you really, really want to move off of Garoppolo, uh, the only thing that scares me about Stafford, I want Staff, I want Stafford more than than Dak because Dak's coming off an injury. But the only thing that scares me about Stafford is that he he has not won in the playoffs, and he hasn't really. I mean, he performs well against like lower level teams, but can he win the big games? You know, can he go beat a mm-hmm. Seattle in Seattle? Can he go beat the Rams and the Cardinals? Like this isn't the NFC North, right? This is to me the best division of football. So. I mean, this division has produced a Super Bowl team in uh, 2012-13 um, four out of the last 10 years. So, I mean, four out of the last eight years, actually, in 2012. So, I mean, this half of those Super Bowls, the NFC team was represented by, by the NFC West. So you have to be able to have a guy that wins those big games. And can Stafford do that? We'll see. But to me, it's like, I'm like, all right, cool. If you really think you can win a Super Bowl with them, let's bring him in. Let's do it. Like let's 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 start this then. There's all sorts of speculation. All right, let's do it then. Let's stop talking. Let's do it. If that if that's the case, if you can't do it, stick with Jimmy. It's a fair question. I mean, Stafford's zero three in the playoffs. Um, even Dak Prescott, you know, Dak's one and two in the playoffs. There's been a lot of talk for him. He's been thirteen and three, nine and seven, ten and six, eight and eight, and was two and three and carrying the team. I mean, we saw what the team turned into when he left or when he got hurt. So you know, we'll see with him too, but. Both of those guys to me, high ceilings. I love. I like Dak more than I like Stat. I, I love Dak Prescott, especially what he was doing this year. I, I thought he was carrying the team. If he's somebody that's out there and the Niners have a chance at him, he's another guy. But you know, we'll see. This is going to be a conversation all off season. It's it's not going away like we always say. So we'll see. But it's fun to talk about. And I guess as long as there's anything interesting to say, we will with it. And before we get into Bills games, and you mentioned the injuries, and I'm sure you saw this. Kyle Shanahan basically admitted what, what we knew for a while is that D Ford's not coming back. Weston Richburg is not coming back. Juan Alexander is with the Saints and, and, and has been hurt. So one of the things that the Niners have to do, and look, they built a Super Bowl roster in three years. 
I'm not. They obviously know what they're doing, but they did have a lot, I guess, go for a lot of home runs. And it didn't really last for more than a year with Ford in Richburg. It was really only two years. He's probably not coming back. And Alexander's gone in a year. One of the things that I think this team has to do moving forward with free agents or draft choices, whatever it is, put an emphasis on durability. They need these guys to be on the field. And, and part of the issue, and I know it's been a lot of bad luck this year, but they've also taken some chances on some injury-prone guys. I mean, Ford wasn't the healthiest guy in the world when they got him. So I think that has to change. And the Ford thing, he, listen, he's a difference maker when he's on the field. He got go with them but now i mean his career could be over who knows if he's got a back thing so i just think with them i think one of the one of the things that emphasis is the emphasis for the offseason needs to be durability to me and i think part of that is like we have heard the comparisons to how parag looks for people and signs deals to uh we've heard the comparisons to moneyball in the way that the a's did that and as an a's fan like to me that drives me crazy because this is football and football is very different and you can't run it like that. And there are times where you have to because of salary cap considerations. And there are times where you just don't do that. And so many times in the past, Niners have handed out either bad contracts, overpaid for positions, made bad transactions on guys that were already hurt and surprisingly did not get healthy. Uh, Jason Barrett was one of those until he got healthy and, and until he started balling out this year. And I think, He's one of the guys that you bring back. Obviously, he's been playing really, really well. And he's been your best player in your secondary this year. So sometimes it's worked and most of the time it's not. And I really think that they have to move off that philosophy. You have to, you have to go and get guys that have started 16 games, guys that you don't have to move their positions around to be able to get them effective, guys that are basically plug and play, or guys that are just durable. Like we talked about George Kittle too, right? Uh, on Twitter a few weeks ago about like, okay, well he's missed 13 games uh, in his career, right? Almost the full season in, in uh, four years. This is the fourth season now. So really like it's not, and, and the way he plays, it's violent. So he's going to miss games. It's like Gronk. Gronk was the same way mm-hmm. when he was in New England. He played violent and he missed games. But if you're going to do that, you have to have guys that can pick up the slack. But the problem is, is I feel like they have a bunch of guys like that that like to play fast and violent. Debo is another one of them. And when you have guys like that, they're going to get hurt. And when they get nicked up, you have to have guys that can replace them. And it just seems like they have like a roster full of those guys, which is great because they're tough and they're fast and they're physical. But in the long run, they're going to, their bodies are going to take a toll. And over the course of the season, you're going to lose some of those guys and some of those other guys have to step up. So, yeah, I think that placing a premium on health is a big thing. The, the only problem is that like you can't, you can't predict that especially in today's NFL, like nobody could predict, well, I guess we did predict what was going to happen at MetLife Stadium earlier in the season because that turf is terrible. But nobody could have predicted Nick Bosa tearing his ACL in the second game of the season or losing Jimmy again or losing Mostert and Sherman. And I mean, D Ford's injury prone, so we saw it coming. But all these guys going out, nobody could have predicted that. And I don't know what it is with this team, whether it's training, whether it's how hard they practice, whatever it may be. There's something with this team where they are more injured than the average team dating back to last year. It's true. Like, it's a fact, right? It, it, it is. And you remember last year where they lost several defensive starters, and that's when Jimmy had to carry Jimmy in the offense, had to carry the team last year. Because people talk about how he was just a passenger, right? Well, I'd like to go the last eight games. After specifically, after Quan Alexander went out, they are giving out 25, 25 points a game at that point. So obviously, and they went five and three in those games. So obviously the offense had to do a little bit of heavy lifting on that to, to be able to get them to win. So regardless, like they're, they're more injured than the average team and something has to be done about it. I don't know if it's training staff. I don't know if like 
<laughs> like they need to drink more milk. I don't know what it is. They, they need to do something. You know, the thing with Verrett, you mentioned, and everybody's been saying that you got to extend him. You got to extend him. You got to extend him. I don't know if I do. He, he's been crazy injury prone. And that's just exactly what I was talking about in terms of the, the, the durability. He's been healthy this year, but unless they can get him on a deal that's a year-to-year type thing, I'm not paying him. I'm bringing back Sherman before I'm doing that. And if they have to pick between one of the two and they may have to, I'm going Sherman. Dude, I'd be really leery to pay Verrett. I really would. Yeah. Verrett, that's the big thing because they did the same thing with Armstead this year where last year he had a career year and a contract year and they brought him back. Uh, Jimmy Ward before, before the last game, same thing. We had he had a really good year last year, probably the best year of his career, and they brought him back on a on a decent deal. They didn't overpay for him. It was a decent deal. It was less than what the market was was paying the free agent free safeties, which is great. But that's what you have to be wary of: is that when a guy has a career year, a really good year, and a contract year, I'm always really scared of that because it's like, okay, well, why did you have that year now and not earlier? Right. So. Sherman's got to come back. I think that um, them trying him out as free safety is, is a big deal because maybe that's where his future is. And I think yeah, that's I like kind that of an idea. audition. It's a great, uh, it's a great idea, isn't it? It's like Burton Hanks when he was here. Yep. So I think that uh, Mosley comes back. Witherspoon's gone. We know that. Kwan Williams. Uh, it depends on if Brett comes back or not. If Brett comes back, then Kwan Williams is gone because Mosley will come down in the slot. If Brett's gone, then they'll resign Kwan Williams, and uh, basically you'll have that same. The same secondary we saw last year, uh, minus Juwaski Tart, where you may see like either Ward plays down in the box. He was more, he was much more in the box last game, which is great. I think he's yeah, really good well. there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you may see them possibly putting Sherman at free safety and Ward in the box if Brett comes back. If not, Ward will have to go back out, and then uh, Marcel Harris have to pre- play strong safety or or you sign or draft somebody else to play out position. All right, so I want to look at this Bills game. And this is the first, obviously, if we're going to go on this run, if this is going to happen, this, this is a big game coming up on Monday night. And the Bills look great on paper. The record is 8-3. and three. The Bills are out in my neck of the woods, so I, I watch a lot of Bills games. I pay attention to Bills games. My wife's actually from Buffalo, so pay a lot of attention to the Bills in, that, in this house. The Bills are 8-3, and, and the Bills have an offense that can be really dynamic. But there's a couple factors that makes them beatable to me. And I guess, I'll, well, first let me say what worries me. What worries me is Josh, Josh Allen getting out of the pocket and running around because we've seen mm-hmm. quarterbacks who can get out of the pocket and run really hurt the 49ers. And if he starts doing that, they could put up some points and, and it could be a problem. But the Bills also, this is a primetime game for them. They're a young team. Let's see how they do in that scenario. But the big thing for me is John Brown is not going to play for them. And John Brown may not be a guy who puts up huge stats, but he's the guy who takes the top off the defense for that offense. And when he is not playing, the Bills average 20 points a game. When he is playing, they average almost 30. There's a big difference in their offense when he's not playing. With him and IR, that's, that is good for the Niners. And Josh Allen as well. Josh Allen is a guy, again, he can come out sometimes and he makes throws that uh, not many, maybe him and Patrick Mahomes can make. I mean, they're unbelievable. And he's had, had some huge games. And this is an offense that's a passing offense now. But he's also had some games where he's kind of disappeared and he struggled. 122 yards against Kansas City. He only threw for a buck 57 this past week against the Chargers. Uh, 154 yards against New England. He struggled there. Uh, they struggled against the Jets. They only beat them 18 to 10, even though Allen threw for 307. He did have 30 completions. And Allen will do things where he has this great run and he's 20 yards downfield and he starts to get tackled and he like throws the ball behind his back. He just does weird shit sometimes. He was getting sacked this past game against the Chargers and he's 
almost in the grass and he just he just kind of chucks the ball out to the side to the sideline and he actually almost hurt himself there. He just does things that kind of can take a team out of the game. If you remember the playoff game, he had that big run and kind of just flipped it backwards. Mm-hmm. So you can rattle him is what I'm saying. If the Niners get some pressure on him, if the if the Niners hit, hitting him and things like that, he may do some stupid things. So I think the Bills are going to give the Niners enough opportunities, whether it's it's a couple turnovers, whether it's a few fluky things that are, that are going to allow the Niners to take advantage of that. And the Bills defense, which was great last year, has not been good this year. I think the Niners are going to be able to run the ball and move the ball on them. This is a winnable game, Zane. It's a winnable game, and I, I think the Niners are going to take this one. I do. Ayuk is coming back, too, for the Niners, so that's another thing. You'll have Debo and Ayuk on the field for, I think, the third time this year together. So that's a big deal, and I think the first time was when Debo was coming back from that foot injury, and he had a, he had a pitch count, and he, wasn't, uh, he right. wasn't able to play the entire game. So Yeah, they haven't really been – we haven't really seen that yet. Mm-hmm. So we haven't seen both of them at full health yet. We're going to see that. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun in that sense because Kyle can finally have really uh, – Kendrick Bourne's a nice receiver, but he's not, he's not a number two. He's like a number three or four. So uh, Ayuk and Debo is your one and two. Is, I'm much more comfortable about that. Now, Josh Allen – so it's funny. When Josh Allen was drafted, I was not a big Josh Allen guy. I thought he was okay. I, didn't, I wasn't down on him, but I was like, oh, I mean, he's, he's okay. He's not a star. And then he has a great first half of this season, like basically – MVP level play in the first half of the season. And now it's kind of curtailed off, but he's one of those guys that's, he will give you a chance when he, he's going to throw the ball to you a couple of times during the game. And you got, you just have to catch it. You got to take advantage of it. He's, he's going to have a couple, two or three decisions that are just like, what are you doing? And you have to take advantage of those. And that's kind of what's consistent with Josh Allen is that he, he'll make those big plays, but he'll also, consistently make like two or three bad plays. And sometimes it hurts him. Sometimes it doesn't because he has the talent to get over it. And, and their team has, uh, has a, a decent defense, a pretty good defense. But I mean, like they, they're not very good against the run. I believe they're 28th in DVOA against the run. So this is the worst team. I think that the Niners played down the stretch against the run. The Rams conversely were the best team uh, against the run uh, as far as DVOA goes. So you really have a chance to control the clock, keep Josh Allen off the field. Uh, although the Niners tried to control the clock against the Rams, it didn't work, but I think they're going to come in with a similar game plan. You're trying to survive at this point. I don't care if you win by three points, one point, whatever it is. You're literally just trying to scratch and claw a win, and they've, they've got to stay close, and they can't let this game get away from them. Um, I, I do want to talk about the job that Robert Sala has been doing as I make, make this point. He's been doing such a phenomenal job, and he's shown really gro- real growth as a, head, as a potential head coach. And, and definitely as defense coordinator. Two years ago, what he's doing now, he would not have been able to do. He's clearly learned like the the amount of different looks that he gave the Rams the other the other day was fantastic. Like bringing Sherman off the corner, having Sherman play free safety, bringing more blitzes. I mean, it's just everything was working really well for them. And obviously, having Sherman playing was was a big deal. But he's done such a phenomenal job. Chris Kuserik, I can't say enough about him on defensive line. They've done such a good job getting those linemen ready. Kerry Hyder, I think he's he's going to be a free agent next year. He's definitely one of the top guys you got to bring back. And Kevin Givens, like the, another guy that flashed. In, and Javon Kinlaw, we haven't mentioned, had the pick six. Yeah. So yep. I think it was his best game as a pro. So I think that as, as the season rolls on, the defense is getting better, which is great. So they're going to have to be able to win this thing uh, by ball control and limiting the damage that Buffalo can do because they're an explosive offense. But John Brown being out is a big thing. It's, it is a winnable game. And I, I think they will win. 
Yeah, and I, I mentioned beginning of the season when Bosa was out, we're going to find out a lot about Robert Sala, and we did. <laughs> we found out he's the head coach in this league, and, and he's not going to be there. He's not going to be on the Niners next year. I'd be shocked, shocked mm-hmm. if he's back next year. Somebody's going to hire him. Whether it's Detroit or one of these other teams, he's going to be one of the top guys out there. Maybe they got lucky by getting another year of him this year because they had the Super Bowl run, maybe, whatever. But yeah, he's gone next year. So I, I don't know who... If they're going to hire from within, if they, if they're going to go Dan Quinn or something like that, I have no idea. But Robert Sala is gone, and good for him. He deserves it. I think Richard Sherman said uh, he was a leader in men recently. I think it was Sherman. So the players like him. He he's. I just hope he doesn't rip the Niner staff apart too much <laughs> when he leaves. Yeah. Um, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, good for him, man. Good for him. But all right, Zane. So prediction: You think the Niners are winning or losing this game? They're going to win. They're going to win this game, okay. and it's going to be close. They're going to win it by four points, and I'm going to say that they're going to win it. Um, they're going to somehow get a, get a two or a bunch of field goals. So it's going to be 20, <laughs> 26, 26 to 20. The, the, the uh, Bills will probably get like a, a two-point conversion along the way somehow. 26 to 22. Um, I don't know if that's a score Gami or not, but I'm going to say that it's going to be 26 to 22. A bunch of two-point conversions and safety scored. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to go more traditional, but I'm going to say it's it's going to be similar, like 27-24. It'll be in that range. I think it's going to be tight, but I, I think the Niners are Niners are going to eat it out. So, oh, we didn't give out game balls. Who do you want to give your game ball to for last game? Debo. Debo gets my game ball. I love the way he plays. Debo was the funny thing is is that out out of that draft class outside of DK Metcalf, Debo is my favorite receiver. I'm not saying that because I'm a homer. I'm saying that because of the impact that he has and the way that he plays. In a way that they're able to use him, he literally does everything. He does everything except maybe go deep, but we haven't really had seen the chance to do that because the quarterback, yeah. the quarterbacks don't throw deep. So Debo is going to get my game ball. He he had one of his best games as a pro. I mean, those little three inch passes they count as receptions, but I mean, like regardless, he's still making something out of nothing on several plays. There was like a second and longer. It was like a second and fourteen, and they're on end. He broke two tackles and he broke it for about thirty five yards. I mean, that's that's all Debo. Yeah. And he's a Rams killer. And I think that at this point, Aaron Donald should know his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's almost been an extension of the running game at this point, but I thought he carried the offense. He just made plays. He won that game for them. He was a superstar in that game. It was awesome to see. I'll give mine, though. I'm going to give it to Jimmy Ward because a lot of people, we've been hard on him. A lot of people have been hard on him because he's a good player. He's a solid player. He's a steady player. He doesn't make those game-changing plays. And if you're getting paid the way he is, you want him to make some game-changing plays. And he forced a couple fumbles this week, and he played really well playing in the box. And um, thinking of him and Sherman maybe as the safeties next year is, is, is pretty fun to think about. So I'm going to give it to Jimmy Ward. I, th- I, th- I think he finally earned it. So good for him. Good game. Good to see. Good for all those guys. It was, it was great. It was, it was good to see them come out and win a game maybe they shouldn't have and, and sweep the Rams this year. If anything, nice. in this shitty year, at least, at least they swept the Rams. So. All right, Zane, before we go, mm-hmm. I do want to say that Zenny, the online eyewear leader, has actually partnered with 49ers tight end George Kittle and his wife, Claire, for the release of the Kittle Collection, a limited edition eyewear line featuring 12 exclusive frames. You can check this out, and it's available for purchase at Zenny, Z-E-N-N-I dot com slash Kittles. So if you need any glasses, Zane, you know where to go. I actually do need glasses. So I'm going to get my eye exam, and I will get glasses from Zenny. Sure. Check it out. I, there's a little there's a little video about the Kittles on there and stuff, and it's it's good stuff. It's good, it's good stuff. Support our boy. Absolutely. All right, Zane, you got anything else? 
Um, no, man. I mean, let's let's see what happens the rest of the season. It's it's a weird season. The Niners are in Arizona. We didn't really talk about that, but I mean, I don't want to get into like county politics and things like that. But the Niners are basically down there for the rest of the year, and I think that we can pretty much confirm that that they are not going to be coming back to the Bay Area uh, at any point unless it's for Christmas break, which is what Kyle was saying that they were going to try to do. So, um, and one more thing I did want to say about Kyle, we did not get to. Uh, I'm I'm critical of Kyle Shanahan and and. A lot of people don't like that, and that's fine. I mean, that's that's their opinion. But I will say how he absolutely perfectly managed the end of that game against the Rams. They not only got the ball back from the defense, huge stop by Salah's defense. They got the ball back. They bled the clock and didn't give the ball back to the Rams and won the game. Like, that's the ideal scenario. And Mullins made that big throw to Debo, right? He had to make one throw, basically, in that game, and he made it. But the way that he bled the clock, going for it on fourth and one, to continue the drive, I want to see him coach like that all the time. That's ballsy Kyle. That's disrespectful Kyle. I love seeing that Kyle Shanahan. And if he coached like that, I mean, with the healthy team, there's really no stopping them because he's when he's fearless, he's at his best. Huge credit to Kyle Shanahan. Huge credit to the 49ers coaching staff for getting that win. And I'm, I'm super excited because it looks like he's learning slowly a lot of these things. He's incorporating them into his game plan, which is fantastic. And he's growing as well as a head coach. So super excited about that. Yeah, I think it's fine to be critical of head coaches too. I mean, it doesn't mean you don't like the guy or you want the guy to be fired. You, nobody's infallible. Course, <laughs> you know, yeah. Bill Belichick makes mistakes. Andy Reid makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. And as part of a fan or whoever, you can question that. I don't have an issue with that. It's not like you're out there saying Shanahan sucks. You're just like, I didn't like that he did this. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. Nobody's perfect. And you can disagree with people. I never, I never liked that either. The whole like, oh, how dare you question him? He knows more than you. Part yeah. of being a fan, go do do all you want. You know what I mean? Like that's, I, I never liked that stuff. Like. If you're a fan and you disagree with something, like just go for it, say it, express your opinion. I have no issue with that. It's all good. And I do want to say too before we go, the reason I, I mentioned a little bit about this earlier, but the reason I didn't go too much on the Arizona thing is I want to see what happens. We'll talk more about this next week because, like I said, you can either go into a shell, you can get pissed off, and they look pissed off to me this last game. Let's see how it carries over when they're actually there, and I want to see how they play, and then we'll get into a little bit more about how it could affect the season. But yeah, we will talk about that at a later date. So. All right, Zane, we're going to be back here next week and we're going to be talking about Niners win and more playoffs because that's what's, that's what's going to happen. And I'm excited. I haven't been excited a lot this season, so it's good to be. We'll talk to you guys soon. For Zane, this is Al. See ya.